and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that Mattress Mac is back? Although now he's Mattress Mac Caesar. He did a commercial for Caesar's Palace. He bet a million dollars on the Astros to win the World Series, doing his usual furniture promos. Yeah, I wish they would have taken some of that million bucks he bet and, like, did it not on someone's phone. It was the worst commercial. And the pack that Caesar's backs this, like, it looks so high school, junior high, and I feel bad. Like, it just looks terrible. It's a horrible commercial. It, it- I think we could have done better filming it ourselves. It's just, it's it's a travesty to Mattress Mac, man. He deserves better. You can see at one point she was going to feed him the grapes and like drop yeah, it into his mouth it. and he just grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> so street vendors are now banned around the casinos. Uh, the state passed a law allowing street vendors, and then it gave each of the municipalities a chance to pass the law. And while we still don't have all the licensing requirements in place for street vendors in Clark County, they did ban them within 1,500 feet of a resort hotel or a facility that seats at least 20,000 people. So think Allegiant Stadium, the big uh, arenas. So technically, street vendors are illegal on the Strip, and uh, that'll be as of October 17th. But the big question, will they enforce it? And should they enforce it? Yeah, they'll be down by the uh, Las Vegas sign still, though, so that they can still do it there. But, I mean, I love street vendors as much as the next guy. I was just in New York. We ate at one almost every day, and I enjoy them. I just don't feel like Vegas is a good fit with how many people you have walking through there and, you know, how much you have to deal with. There's not a lot of space as it is. You know, it's just not made for it. And as much as I love grabbing a hot dog and walking or a pretzel or whatever else they have, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to get my fortune read. But as much as I love all that stuff, I just don't think there's room for it on the Strip. It's just too chaotic as it is, much less all the F1 construction and everything else. The fact that there was ever any there kind of blows my mind, and it's a good move to remove them. Uh, certain areas, it might still make sense, but on the Strip, I don't think is one of them. Yeah, this law was designed to help street vendors in residential areas and in other areas, and it still does that. And I think it's great. It allows them to get licensed, but there still has to be restrictions. And just having unlimited street vendors out on the Strip isn't a good solution as you said there's not enough space and the street vendor thing was never meant to be on the strip so uh, i'm all for it and i'm happy that also in other areas they're allowed to do it and they have a licensing uh, requirement and they have a clear path towards their business and so i feel like this is good in that way and i'm also happy to say i don't want street vendors out there not because i don't like them but because it just gets out of control and you need some control in those resort areas although we don't really care what the strip experience is anymore mark i mean we've proven that this year yeah i mean if any <laughs> if anything's gone to show for vegas they don't they do not care about the strip they don't care about anybody seeing it i saw on twitter today they're like oh look at those beautiful fountains and all you see is construction in front of them can't even you see like the tippy top of the uh the water shooting up it's just it's so bad at least they left the water fountains on for like the hotel guests and stuff i'm surprised they didn't shut them off and just say uh, come back in four months but uh, at least there's a way to see uh see the fountains still 
Well, I'm surprised Paris isn't selling more tickets. Like, hey, you actually want to see the fountains? you got to come up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. There you go. There's your sales pitch for you. Caesars can make some money. So let's talk carpet for a second. Wynn has new carpet getting installed, and we have some video of them installing it that was sent by a viewer. Thank you for that. But uh, it's very similar to the old carpet, except it just has less flowers. I've always liked Wynn's sort of red carpet, flowery. It's a very nice look. And I like this one better because it's just a little bit less busy. Big shout out to Oren for sending us this. Uh, we gave him a shout out before his trip, and I love that they had a great time and, and knew that we needed some carpet video. So that was cool to see. And I like it. It's a little less busy. I like that. I don't know if it will show more dirt and stains. I think that's a big reason that they have all this craziness on the carpet so it always looks fresh and newer so we'll see how it, it does over time but i think it looks sharp looks nice you know it's it's a little bit understated beautiful colors matches really well so i like that they're updating it but not too much uh so everybody that loves it will you know feel the same when they go in there pretty much yeah that's the sort of characteristic of a really nice place is they spend money when they don't have to it's not like that old carpet was torn apart or looked terrible so they just evolve it a little bit it's just my carpet scratch so thanks to sending us that, and uh, thanks to Win for replacing that. So let's talk about the Sphere. The first show of Postcard from Earth happened, and that's the uh, big movie that you like to talk crap about. World's the biggest giant movie. elephant, and yeah, I mean there were some cool scenes coming from it. This really does remind me of like Soren at Epcot or California Adventure, very Disney esque. Even the Sphere logo is very Disney esque or Epcot esque. So everything looked like it went well. There was some confusion. People got stuck in lines for like two hours, so that didn't go well uh, compared to the U two shows. So the line was like two and a half times longer than the movie. I guess. <laughs> You're bearing the lead, yeah. Mark can't wait to just talk so much crap about how people paid $200 to see this movie. Uh, but actually, Darren Ornofsky on the very first showing would have been worth it. He did. He introduced the movie, so that would have been neat to see him do that and uh, to get it. But I don't think that people are going to be paying $100, $200 to see the show long term. It is a 50-minute movie. It looks you know, incredible, some of the visuals. I've seen positive reviews. I think you've seen some negative ones. Uh, but overall, it went okay. Just uh, some mix-ups with tickets. I had heard that some people who bought tickets on Vivid Seats had their counterfeit tickets. They weren't working or uh, there was some sort of issue so still some stuff that they're ironing out i hate lines so that's a tough sell right off the bat that you're stuck in that line for a couple of, i know it's opening but you'd think that would happen with you too and people would be a little more understanding with a concert and all that goes into that with a basically a movie theater you think it'd be like scan and go but maybe these fraudulent tickets played a big role in that and people arguing and having all those problems but did you see that drone video of the u2 performance and how it went through all the sphere and stuff that looked really cool so i just feel like i'd rather spend the money and go to the concert to almost the same price and you're going to get a show, going to get something live, unique. That's how I would go. It looks great. Uh, you know, as long as you don't, you better drink before you get there, right, Sean? Yeah, those prices are insane. Uh, they're definitely charging full arena prices, which doesn't mesh very well with the movie theater thing. I guess more so with the concert thing. But don't plan on uh, getting drunk at the concerts because it's going to cost you a pretty penny. They didn't even give you a discount for a double, which you see a yeah. lot of places where, you know, it's like one and a half times the price for a double. They're, uh, they have it on the menu, but they're just uh, charging you twice as much. Yeah, I love that they point that out. Like, they actually put it, expecting people to get double so they don't have to wait in these lines. They're like, you know, you just you could order four drinks or you could order two. That's going to be the same price. We just doubled up. I will say, like, a lot of the food didn't seem terribly priced. I mean, the, outside the pizza, the pr pizza seemed kind of expensive on the higher end. But, like, popcorn, eight bucks. Uh, hot dog, I think, was, like, seven, eight bucks. So I think some of the stuff was similar to what you'd see at a movie theater these days. But the pizza was uh, maybe they're really big slices so i can't say for sure that it was overpriced but it, you know 14 15 bucks for a slice of pizza if it's not massive is kind of a stretch but it's pizza rock that's the big thing oh, it's pizza rock so it's worth all that money oh, it is pizza rock which is an people. interesting thing <laughs> we also saw some complaints from employees 
That's nothing new. Anytime somewhere new opens, people complain they're not getting the tips or the money that they expected. Uh, usually they overhire. Expect some more of that sort of stuff. But I think overall, everything went well. And uh, now we have the movie going. We have the residency going. And the sphere will go through the rest of the year. And it's uh, sort of opening uh, March. And uh, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, they should. I mean, at those prices, they should have just left the world's longest bar in there and kept it open for everybody coming in and enjoy. But, uh, you know, we had to get that in the drinking game. I, I will say the, the whole, if you're in the the special section, the VIP section, and they add that 23% fee for no reason and then keep it all to themselves. That's just terrible for the employees because I would assume that's a, a you know an automatic tip. I'm not going to think that they're going to charge me a 23% uh, you know, fee for bringing my drinks and then I'm going to tip 20% on top of that. It just seems a bit uh, shady-esque, you know, maybe a couple percent fee and then the, the automatic 20% gratuity, but I don't know. I, I feel for them. Uh, it stinks. As a reminder, our Patreon is now live. We do a weekly MTM Vegas after show. You can watch it or listen to it. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. Hope to see you guys there. So I don't want to call this a scam. But F1 came out last week and said, we're going to sell $200 tickets to locals. And they didn't say much else about it. And then the tickets went on sale a couple of days later. And people found out that the $200 tickets were the first day of practice. The second day of practice was $500, I think. And then like twelve or $1,300 for the actual race. So basically, they just took those three-day ticket packages, broke them up individually, did Las Vegas locals no favors. What is wrong with them? Do they not understand how unpopular they are? And then to say, oh, we're giving you a, a favor because we can't sell all the seeds. And then to lie about it or to at least, you know, misrepresent it. And even the local media got involved kind of criticizing them on this. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Which you know is tough because the local media doesn't criticize anything about anything in Vegas, which is kind of a shame. But yeah, I don't know what who their PR person is, but they're not doing a great job. And you think there's probably pushback everywhere they go, but I feel like Vegas is maybe a little bit more because of everything that they're changing in the area and it's so beloved. They could have done some type of deal or at least discount, I don't know, 25% off, especially if you're not selling these tickets. If you need them sold and the locals aren't buying any because they hate you, you think you'd give them some type of discount, try to win some goodwill as well as get the butts in the seat. You know, I'd hate to see empty seats there uh, on race day. That's kind of crazy. Or at least don't put out a press release saying you're going to do these yeah. tickets without explaining it. <laughs> So people understood it up front and didn't get disappointed. Like, oh, 200 bucks. Like, I'm sure a lot of people, oh, I'll pay $200 to go to the race. Uh, we did see, I was reading an article, and we have seen ticket prices uh, in Miami and the Austin races recently. Uh, they spiked the ticket prices really high. And then right before the race, we saw a lot of discounts. So we may see that here as well. There's still a lot of seats available, uh, but uh, just more bad will. I don't get it. They just can't get any good news done. And as you point out, when the media starts attacking you uh, for basically using them for PR in a bad way, I don't know. Just get this race over with. That's all I got to say. Let's get this race over with. It's still, I mean, it just, it's still over a month away. It just, oh my God. And then 10 months later, it will start up again. <laughs> <laughs> So MGM released more information on the hack. We learned officially that they didn't pay the ransom. They also talked about what information was leaked, and that included for a limited number of customers, social security numbers and or passport numbers, also gender, date of birth, and driver's license numbers. As you predicted, Mark, they're going to give out free credit monitoring. There are lawsuits, though, so we'll see what comes of all of it. But uh, they still sort of maintain that everything's normal. Not everything is working 100%, but we've already said that the experience on the ground is pretty much back to normal as far as in the casinos. I don't know. I just don't love the way that they handled all this, saying everything was back to normal. But I'm glad it's there. and. Now we can hopefully move on. They have new systems, hopefully secure. 
And let's just uh, hope none of our information got leaked out there. Yeah, I think you buried the lead, though, that these uh, MGM accounts have been getting hacked and people have been getting money stolen. Up until now, it's like your personal info. They have all that, which, you know, if you've been to Target or anything else in the last 10 years, has probably already been out there once or twice. So they give you these monitoring things. Hopefully nothing bad comes from it. Maybe, you know, if they hack one of your credit cards, usually the credit card companies are good about you, you know, fighting the charge and everything like that. But on the MGM side, we've seen people have their accounts hacked, passwords changed, where they've gone in and withdrawn their money to a debit card they added or a checking account, stuff like that. And it's scary stuff because that's real money. Like, that's not just your identity out there that you can usually fight back and get it back. This is money. MGM seems completely bamboozled by it, doesn't know what to do about it. People aren't able to get a response. You know, they've lost thousands of dollars. And sometimes that's money they might need. You know, it's not like it's a savings account that you're like, oh, you know, one day I'll, you know, I'll get it back. Not a big deal. They might need that to pay their rent next month. That's the really scary part. I actually went in and changed my password, made sure I had two authorities on it where they have to text you. And then I also froze my account, put time away for a couple months so that nobody can withdraw money or, or do anything like that, add money to it. And to be clear, MGM has not confirmed that these bad MGM hacks have anything to do with the cyber attack, but uh, it's certainly uh, crazy to see and probably does have something to do with it. So uh, good advice on changing password, locking it up, keeping your money safe. So Dreamscape officially took over Rio. And while we haven't heard any crazy stories of long lines or exactly how it's changed, they're switching over all the machines in the casino, uh, switching everything over. So it is a bit of a process. They did launch Rio Rewards and it's actually not a bad program. There's some interesting perks with it. Also, you earn one point per 125 bet on slot machines which according to John Mahaffey of Vegas Advantage, who we'll talk more about in a second, he says that it's the most rewarding program for slots in Las Vegas for video poker table games, pretty much on par with other programs. But it seems like they are launching going after slot players. Yeah, I like that they laid it all out too. A lot of casinos will be like, hey, we have our own intricate mathematical equation that we do for table games where this, they're like every $30 bet gets you one point on blackjack on three to two blackjack. But then it just shows you how bad of a deal you get on table games. So let's say normally 60 hands an hour. If you're betting $30 a hand, that's $1,800 in an hour of bets. And you'll get 60 cents back in points. <laughs> so yeah. terrible. But they did have some interesting stuff in there. Tier benefits as well, like monthly dining vouchers, free drinks at casino bars. Uh, this is something we sort of see with Caesars and their seven stars and diamond members where they're handing out vouchers now instead of the diamond lounge access, uh, complimentary resort fee, uh, dic discounts to show tickets. It also says pool access plus one guest uh, for a benefit. So I guess they're going to start going the AC route and charging for the pool if you're not a member of their loyalty program. I don't know, but uh, it, it is a pretty nice program as far as benefits go. I wonder if that pool is aimed at like locals where you could, if you have, if you go gamble there and then you can go into the pool, even if you're not staying there. I hope that's where it's leaning. That would be my guess because it's, you know, they have a chance to be a good local locals casino so that'd be kind of cool yeah except for that pool has been in very rough shape for for a long time <laughs> it is a nice pool area though so once they redo it which they have said is part of the renovation uh it will be a nice area to go and so yeah it seems like they want to attract locals they want to be very rewarding when it comes to slots which is their higher take games so that means they're going to make the most money and uh, if you like that you're probably going to get some stuff back but they need to make the property better so let's just uh, see it they're moving them with the rooms we're moving with the casino we have high hopes for what they're going to do with that property because it is far from where it used to be and wishing Dreamscape the best. So we mentioned John Mahaffey of Vegas Advantage. Him and his wife to celebrate their anniversary 
They just did an unofficial world record. And I think there was some technicality on why it wasn't an official world record. But 93 casinos in the Las Vegas area in 24 hours. And this is for their 21st wedding anniversary. And uh, they started downtown, ended downtown, went all around the city. I highly uh, recommend going to his Twitter. And you can follow all the tweets that went with it. What an incredible feat. It sounds exhausting. I think they played Kino at every single place, kept a ticket. Unique for sure. Do you think you could do it? Uh, I mean, I could definitely stay up for 24 hours. We've proven that. But I don't know that I could go to all these casinos. Like, if you're on Fremont Street, you can knock off quite a few there. Go to the Strip, knock off quite a few. It's when you get to the outskirts ones of having a plan laid out and stuff. But the mind-boggling thing is that this one metropolitan area can hold 93 and probably more casinos than that and support them all. That blows my mind. I don't know if that's impressive or sad, both at the same time, but 93 in one metropolitan area is just astonishing to me. And that's with full gaming licenses. So none of the bars or uh, stuff that have like limited gaming licenses. And uh, they walked the Strip, did most of it there. I know Circa helped them get a ride out to Prim, and they went downtown Henderson, Boulder Highway. They went basically to every major casino all around Las Vegas. Quite a uh, quite a thing. I haven't seen the breakdown on how much they lost, uh, even though they weren't playing a ton at each place. But uh, and Kino was an interesting game to choose as well. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I've never had luck at Kino. I play it at the bar all the time. It's always terrible. I've never hit anything more than like $10. So I hope they did well, but it's such a tough game. But when you hit something big, it's big. Now somebody needs to top them. Come on, we got to get 94 casinos. You could add Laughlin in there. Uh, they did it all in 23 hours, so they had an hour to spare. So they could have snuck in a few more. Although I suspect uh, going to Laughlin would add too much driving time. Yeah, I wonder, I, I got to research what why they didn't get the world record that kind of stinks like you do all that effort and then you don't even get it in the guinness or uh, maybe there's not even a, a thing to put it in there i don't know but they deserve it and if you don't know vegas advantage john mahaffey has great uh, gambling content odds he's in the casinos all the time so a lot of up-to-date gaming content for las vegas so definitely uh, check out his site as well and finally another casino When we started this show, what, three, four years ago, did you ever think that there would be so many casinos announced for the Las Vegas Strip? Uh, We talked about Casino Royale, how that's going to be moving forward. At least they got approval for a a big, tall building, but we haven't heard anything more about that. Uh, The Dream Hotel stalled out. Tillman Fertitta's casino is starting construction. I think they've already started groundwork there. And they finally closed off that Tex-Mex restaurant so they can tear it down. Uh, There's potential for a new casino on the old Riviera site. And you forgot the biggest one, Fountain Blue. Well, Fountain Blue wasn't announced, right? It's uh, it's just been sort of sitting there. Uh, But, I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) All the old ones sound, or all the other ones you listed off sound exactly like Fountain Blue. Dream started, (laughs) didn't finish. (laughs) Riviera's been bought a couple times, didn't get started. (laughs) All right, well, let me tell you about another one that's going to happen, maybe. First off, uh, I didn't know that air rights were a thing in Las Vegas, but apparently the Howard Hughes Company owns the air rights over the fashion show mall. And uh, they are spitting off a portion of their holdings, specifically the Las Vegas Aviators, the Seaport area in Lower Manhattan, and uh, some of their restaurant ownership. They're spitting that off into this other company that also will own the air rights and say that they're going to build a casino over the fashion show mall on the Las Vegas Strip. Again, I never knew that air rights were a thing because the mall is not owned by them, that they do own the rights above it. Yeah, that's kind of wild. I mean, air rights, you think of like LA, New York, stuff like that. You wouldn't think Vegas would be one of those things. But I guess if you own them, you can just build right over top. Maybe they'd save a little money on those tarps and stuff to... to 
keep the sun out. Now they'll just have a big fat building on top of it. I don't know. That's weird. It is weird, but this is Howard Hughes Corporation, which is interesting. Howard Hughes, such a big history in Las Vegas and on the Strip. And his company, through all the land that they own, just huge in the development of Las Vegas. They own Summerlin. And as we said, they own the Aviators. So kind of coming full circle if they develop a casino on the Strip, maybe a hotel there as well. Them coming out and spinning off this company is interesting, but also saying that they plan to do the casino. This isn't just speculation because they own the air rights. They said, we're building a casino, big money behind them. I would expect that this has a good chance of getting built. Of course, uh, who knows what happens with the economy? Yeah, it's just such a weird story because I'm sure everybody that owns the store, maybe they'll like it because it'll bring more people around uh, with the casino, but the construction, everything, and just how you build that around it, it's going to be kind of fascinating to see. I hope it gets built just for that. Yeah, me too. It's a great location. What other pieces of land can they sneak a casino on now? I mean, maybe the Travelodge by Circus Circus. They really are trying to find these little uh, plots of land. We didn't think we had space, but they're making it. Yeah, I mean, they'll find <laughs> where, where there's money, they'll find a way. So let us know what you guys think about anything. We talked about the new casino at uh, Fashion Show Mall, F1 lying to locals, uh, everything else we discussed. Hit us up in the comments. Movie. We do two... <laughs> We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and we'll be back in a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Check us out on Patreon as well. Talk to you next time. Have a good week, everybody. Oh, my God. Here, put on the sheet. <laughs> I, got a guy, I got a guy that drank three espressos making coffee. Here you go. Let's film it. Uh, which is that corner Blue Fountain. across from Fountain Blue. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, the Fashion That's Show Mall. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I didn't hear it though. I didn't hear it. I said blue fountain instead of fountain blue. Oh, blue you gotta fountain. cut that out. Oh, okay. <laughs>